Hello and welcome to the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. This is episode number 63. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. It's a bit of a sweltering one today. Windows are cracked open a little bit. You can hear the sounds of televisions from nearby neighbors trickling through across the warm, somewhat sultry air. Something about sultry, right? Conjures up specific images heat, humidity, the weight of it all, which will come into play, interestingly enough, in just a moment. Here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, our goal, my goal, each and every week, to share with you the top five books from DC Comics, according to my opinion, my values, and something I try and explain along the way. We do two, there's an ad break, three to follow, and then that wraps everything right on up. Without any further ado, I'd like to invite you to join me in a little bit of a journey, stepping away from the place where we are, letting the sounds of the distant television, my snoring French bulldog Bruno, and all of the distractions as they fall to the wayside. We travel to a place I like to call the spinner rack zone, a place where time and all other forces and elements fall to the wayside and you get to stand in front of a rack of comics pick your five favorites and read through them with joy and delight kicking things off for us this week is doom patrol number seven an absolutely lovely story called fixed by gerard way and jeremy lambert their story collaboration is matched with really lovely pencils from nick darrington Inks from Michael Allred and Nick Darrington, with colors by Tamara Bonvillain and letters by Simon Bolin. We've had a little bit of a pause since our last foray into the world and the adventures of Doom Patrol, but presently, everyone is loaded up in Danny the Ambulance. Danny Ambulance? However you choose to say it. They meet up with their good friend, Flex, and discover what they believe is the root of the problem. But it turns out there's actually two problems. One has to do with Cliff and his constant evolution and the emotions and the feelings that go with it. And the second has to do with Jane and the fact that there are things from her future that have come to her present in a hope to save, if not change, all reality as it has existed. That process is a little confusing, a tad convoluted, but so well displayed, so gorgeously presented. And at the end of it all, you have this lovely human connection between Jane and Cliff, and a phrase that is really all I can leave without giving away too much of a spoiler. But it's one that's so perfectly done that it echoes a sentiment that this issue has been pointing towards, that this story has been developing towards, and also that I believe for a lot of us is the culmination of a hope that if we are lucky in the end, we all turn into babies. How much more than that I can actually say? Well, I think I should pause 
allow you as the reader and fan of comics to pick up this issue, see what it is I'm referencing, and why this great book, Doom Patrol, has so much more going on than just the brief bits we're able to talk about. Whether it's the concepts of past, present, and time, the ideas of reality, your belief in what Danny can actually represent, let alone become, the many manifestations he's able to take on, the characters who are able to live because of he and the Doom Patrol's efforts, and also, along the way, a few great discoveries about some favorite characters, and some moments that make this Doom Patrol run uh, a signature and a seminal one, one that I believe can stand up next to all of the great Doom Patrol stories that came before and can be a great measuring stick against which all the future stories can square themselves up against and see how well they too stack up to the greats that came before. This is a great book, a really great discovery, one that I'm happy to see came back to bring a conclusion to this story arc. And I love the suggestion that there is more Doom Patrol in the future and in store. I think this is a great five out of five book that I am happy to recommend. I will suggest that if you're just jumping on for this book, there's going to be some difficulty following all the narrative threads, but I think it's worth considering if only because it gives you the opportunity to then read all the issues that preceded it and enjoy the story from start to finish. That is, Doom Patrol Way of the World's number seven, my first choice, and a great five out of five pick. Now, with the first choice out of the way, for my second choice, I simply could not turn away from Wonder Woman, number 758. A story titled Ghosts of the Past continues the harrowing experience that Wonder Woman has had trying to save a combatant, a sworn enemy, known as Paula von Gunther. Paula's history is one that has deep roots and a bit of confusion, mystery, and some elements of deception that led her to set herself against Wonder Woman and the Amazons and forge a very dangerous team that was only narrowly defeated by the combined efforts of Diana and the Amazons. And at that story's end, when it was that Paula von Gunther might have had another path to follow, the discovery by the Phantom Stranger of her deeds and of the moment that has come now and the judgment she is receiving, she's turned to stone right outside Heaven's Gate, otherwise known as the Silver City. And because of that, Wonder Woman must defend now Paula, the same woman that she was fighting against, and she must defend her from the Phantom Stranger. The stranger who says that he has seen her bloodline, that he has seen the way it was that she would eventually become, that he knew through the judgment of his maker centuries before her creation or Diana's creation, saw how Paula's ancestors the Valkyries, began a vendetta with the Amazons, and that had eventually the, the weight, 
the judgment that her bloodline has carried has now reached a point of damnation. What I love about this story is that Wonder Woman repels that idea and challenges instead Stranger, calling out a past that has tied him to Judas Iscariot, the disciple who betrayed Jesus Christ, and, according to this story, has been cursed in the process. The story, Ghost Pass, is written by Steve Orlando, with pencils by Emanuela Lupacino, inks by Ray McCarthy, Colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr., letters by Pat Brousseau, and not only a powerful cover by Robson Roca, Danielle Enriquez, and Romulo Fajardo Jr., but also a gorgeous variant cover by Jeff Tikal. In this story, Ghosts of the Past, we have the opportunity to see how noble Wonder Woman is in her pursuit of justice for Paula and how driven she becomes when challenged by the Phantom Stranger, and how clear she is in her understanding of who he is, what his goals are, and why it is she's able to call him out for this, and then eventually overcome him. What follows is a very powerful experience where Diana has a conversation with the Presence, and that she seeks mercy. And she seeks the desire for the presence to consider her words. Phantom Stranger is drawn away to punishment. And in doing so, the presence offers Diana this chance to argue for the life of her friend. And when she does, she is able to save Paula and bring her back to the Amazons. Now, what proceeds is a really powerful story. Something that is an example of all the things that Diana and the Amazons have come to represent. And there's something that should be enjoyed for the reader. But the heartfelt resolution that is created here is a masterful example that the purpose of Diana has always been to fight for the right for those who are weaker. But that when there is a time to stop the fighting and use words and find peaceful resolution and to use peaceful actions to achieve our means, that this is something they're capable of doing. And it's exemplified here wonderfully in this story, and one of the reasons why I was really happy to choose it. I mean, granted, the fight between Diana and Phantom Stranger is absolutely gorgeous. That alone would have put this on the list. But the way this story not only addresses that great combat moment, but then follows up with all of these great values that are an example to me, most importantly, and I think to every person who feels they have that sort of recognition with it. Little guy in the background just grumbling away. That's my little French bulldog. Um, when, it, when it comes to these stories, there's that sense that when you can do more than just one thing, you've demonstrated the depth and the wonder and value that exists within a character. This story does so many things well. It's why I'm happy to make it my second choice and let you know why it's a great five out of five pick. With that, we're going to go ahead and take that quick ad break, pause to let you know all the things that are going on here at DC Comics News, how you can be a part of it, what you should be keeping your eyes and ears open for, and then we'll be back for my third, fourth, and fifth choices. Thanks for your patience. Hi, everyone. 
I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. (laughs) No, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bats. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. (laughs) Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. And thanks for your patience sticking around through that quick ad break. We are back. This is the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 63. I am your host, Seth Singleton. We've already covered our first two books, and they were a lot of fun. Doom Patrol, Wonder Woman out of the way. Moving on to our third choice, I'm looking at Hawkman, issue number 25. A great story titled Taking Lives, featuring the amazing writing of Robert Venditti, who I loved when he was doing Justice League, and I've loved in every issue of Hawkman. Beautiful Pencils by Marco Castiello. Inks by Danny Mickey. Colors by Jeremy Cox. Letters by Rob Lay. 
with an original cover by Michaelian and, and a variant cover by Gerardo Zafino and Rain Barreto. Both are gorgeous covers. I highly recommend choosing wisely. The first one has this great zombie feeling to it. The second one just has this dark, rugged glory of Carter Hall and Shire next to each other. And what's inside that cover between those bookends wrapped in those pages is a great story. It starts out in the powerfully dark dimension of the Lord Beyond the Void. A guy I probably wouldn't want to deal with face-to-face, even if I had all of the muscular might and the savage power of Hawkman. However, it would be potentially worth it to learn of all the traps that have been placed by this Dark Lord, the ways that they have been used to lure Hawkman to the place where he and Shire are now actually trapped, fighting for their lives. But there's also a lovely intro that reveals to us who Shire was when she was appearing to Hawkman at all those different times in his past, encouraging him to put down the ways of violence, to overthrow the Dark Lord, to start saving souls and begin a everlasting mission, and how her choice to do that led to a binding of her future and Carter's, her timeline and his her lifeline and his, for now and forever, intertwined. Dark dimensions can be very very easily overdone, too heavy, too dark. This dimension feels ominous, caught in the midst of some form of space, stars all around, emptiness sort of gathered at all the edges, uh, a feeling like you're on a rock hurtling through space without any sense of where it's going or where it might end up. And a terrifying realization for both Carter and Shire is the understanding that all the souls that Carter delivered to the Lord of this underworld has been part of what has fueled him for all this time. But now he's found a better fuel source. And his plan is to use it to cross over from the dimension where he is to the dimension where Carter and Shire live, where we exist, and in doing so, bring about the culmination of his original evil plan. It's terrifying stuff. It's wonderfully captured. The the glimpses into history are perfectly displayed. Venditti introduces All of the things that keep us cheering for this great series, this great couple, these great characters, and the journey that he has shown us that has existed for so long and that Carter is in the middle of. And boy, it hasn't been easy. And there's a feeling it's only going to get more and more challenging as it continues. Now the threat is, next issue, everybody could be in some big trouble. What kind of trouble? You're going to have to read the issue to find out. I'm going to recommend that you do Hawkman number 25, my third choice, here on episode number 63 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. And I'm just going to add that one of the things that really stuck with me was in contrast to all of that dark, shadowy evil of the dark dimension, 
was the beautiful moment when Shire is having a conversation with an unseen voice and is being told of her future. There's a moment in the final smaller lower panels where the the art captures her eye and then in the final panel shows this bright brilliance that boy there's moments in art where you find yourself going how many times can I look at that and still find something new this is one of those panels this is one of those pages it's one of those things that I love giving recognition to because clearly the colors by Jeremy Cox were so well measured and layered with the inks by Danny Mickey, the pencils by Marco Castiello. And the lovely collaboration and combination is just one of those many examples and why this book is a great five out of five. With that, let's go ahead and move on to my fourth choice, Green Lantern, season two. This time around, we're looking at issue number five, the wonderful collaboration of Mr. Grant Morrison, Mr. Liam Sharp, and the wonderful work that they all seem to be doing <laughs> when you put together these great comic book stories that bring the best elements of the past and history to life. Again, that's Grant Morrison on the script, Liam Sharp with the art and the cover, which I highly encourage you to check out. Steve Olaf providing the colors with a assist from Liam Sharp that's noted and designated, Steve Wands on the letters, and a variant cover by Gary Frank and Brad Anderson. There is a wonderful place where the fantastical, the <laughs> amazing, the transcendental can occur within comic books. Nine times out of ten, you're probably going to find Grant Morrison either behind, right next to, or in front of those stories. What he offers us now is a wonderful Green Lantern story that ranges across all the many planets that exist within Sector 2814, whether it's Planet Cranaltine, Asteroid Juno, perhaps even Planet Earth, and how we have the opportunity to see what these many planets offer if you have the powers of a mighty being and yet choose to use them in a series of very wicked and nefarious ways. The art is legendary. It reminds me of all of the best moments that feel so perfectly pixelated from the 60s and 70s into the 80s, and now the blending, the transitions, it's, it's a wonderful layering that highlights the best and brightest moments that have come through the decades of comic books we're lucky enough to enjoy. Through that, we also get some really fun, twisted versions of a super family, as well as the appearance of a character some fans might recognize, known as Tops, and <laughs> what Tops has to offer and reveals is not only part of uh, an immediate plan, but then as Green Lantern describes and demonstrates a larger plan to put this Hyperman version of Superman out of commission. However, again, this is more of a temporary in-the-moment problem, and the larger narrative is slowly being uncovered as we near the end of this issue. There are perfect shadows, bold lines, 
wonderful color variations. Very trippy, <laughs> goofy, uh, mind-bending colors, panels, and layouts. And they make all of the best moments of this story feel classic, modern, and a wonderful combination of the best things we've seen comics do. It's one of the reasons why I'm so proud to go ahead and include Green Lantern Season 2, Number 5, as my fourth choice. And without any further fanfare or further ado, I go ahead and move us into my fifth and final choice this week, and that would be Lois Lane, Number 12, the culmination of a 12-issue Maxi series that I've really enjoyed experiencing that I feel has just been uh, a really gorgeous labor of love. And there's something about reading a story like that, that it, it, for all of the reasons that I love and more, it ties those pieces together for me. It, it makes me feel like there's a recognition of who I am as the reader and what these stories mean to me as a comic book fan and a fan of these great characters. This 12th issue in the story, The Enemy of the People, is a wonderful culmination of the great work by writer Greg Rucka in collaboration with Mike Perkins, Andy Troy, and Simon Bolin. Gorgeous covers by Mike Perkins, Amanda Connor, Paul Mounts, with a really great collaboration from an amazing art team that makes so many of these moments come to life, feel fresh, original. As this series has been wont to do, it continues charging ahead with so many of the threads that began in the first issue, Lois Lane's confrontation with the White House press secretary, the revelation that the stories that she brought up at that time and has continued to work on are now part of a five-part series that she has been releasing through the Daily Planet, how she is still relying on Renee Montoya and a host of helpers to gather the information, the evidence she needs to keep telling these stories. The great moments with Perry White, the fact that Lois sadly spells the word brutal with two O's. I don't know how else to address that except to say that Clark nails it wonderfully when he infers that perhaps Lois does it on purpose, just to sort of, you know, mess with Perry. There's also a lovely conversation that I think is really important when Renee starts talking about the idea of the truth, whether or not it's something that people really want, and how dangerous it is for Lois to be the person delivering so much truth that there's a risk when you're dealing with the powerful, that they have the potential to kill the messenger. Then again, when asked whether or not this is a truth that needs to be told, Lois challenges Renee to look her in the eye and ask if that's really something she can ask her to do. The will, the resolve, the sense of purpose from Lois, the really brilliant panels with the overlaying news reports that provide a progression of the events occurring around them and her, the great moments that we get to see on talk shows, in public, outside of prisons, 
and a project that could be the next step in a great series of stories for Lois Lane. This has been a wonderful book for me to enjoy and share with you. I'm sad that it's come to a close and I'll no longer have a chance to share new upcoming issues with you here on the Spinner Rack. But I also know that if we're lucky, we have the chance to see something similar, either with this character or others in the future, when great writing and artistic teams put their best into a brilliant project that's not afraid to talk about the issues confronting and concerning us all. Lois Lane, number 12, perfect 5 out of 5, great way to end DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 63. And with that fifth and final choice, that means we've come to the end of episode number 63. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. It has been my proud pleasure to be with you each and every episode, talking to you about these books, talking to you about what they mean to me, and getting the chance to hopefully hear from you about whether or not you share the same feelings or think I might have had a better book or set of books to choose this week, just like any week. If you want to find me, please, you can find me on Twitter as One More Singleton. You can find me out there on Instagram as Seth the Writer. Although my dog's page is much cuter, they're Bruno and Fiji. If you're looking for me uh, in relation to comic books, I'd start at DC Comics News and then type in Seth Singleton, type in story, type in comics, type in a word you think might go, see where you find me, let me know what you found. And then, well, because really this isn't just about me, I'm going to encourage you to keep in mind all the ways you can be a part of the DC Comics News discussion. Now, the first way to do that is to make sure that whatever platform you're listening to this episode on, you go ahead and make sure that you've subscribed. Once you have, you can rate and review and you make sure that you'll catch each and every episode of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, but I'm not alone. And that's one of the great things about being part of a team. Once you hit that subscribe button, you guarantee you'll catch every upcoming episode of the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast, the 18 and up discussion about the legendary show now in its second season on DC Universe. You also get the opportunity to catch every episode of I Am The Night, an episode-by-episode breakdown of Batman the Animated Series by my friend and podcasting cohort, Mr. Steve J. Ray. I'll encourage you to keep in mind that you'll get a chance to experience all of that great content, listen to all of our previous episodes, and be a part of any new shows we are launching along the way. If you want to let us know what you're thinking out there in the mighty social media world, all you need to do is pick your platform from Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Tumblr, and apply the tag at DC Comics News. That's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. When you do, whatever message you choose to share will be shared with all of us here. Be part of that great collaborative discussion and something We look forward to sharing back with you. Once again, this has been DC Comics News episode number 63 of the Spinner Rack. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. It's been my pleasure and joy to share these five books with you each and every week. Join me next week when we see 
what the next five will be. Until then, just like always, read more comics.